Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Great program today. Uh, great pod- podcast. You don't want to miss a second. We, we had some amazing people on today. We had Chip Roy, uh, who was talking about the Republicans losing their spine, perhaps, uh, and not standing against the vaccine mandate. Also a representative who had the Capitol Police seemingly spying on him. I mean, he says he, he has the evidence. He says Stasi and Gestapo. Yeah, that was uh, it's amazing. It's a little frightening, especially with something we lead the podcast with, something, a new um, DHS bulletin on the state of readiness because terror threats are increasing. We read it to you in its entirety and it is a little bone chilling. A lot of things on this program, including an update from the truckers in Canada from a police officer who said, I can't be a part of this anymore. And the last living member of the Bill of Rights, if you will, of Canada. We talked to him because he's suing the government. You're listening to... The best of the Glenn Beck program. So there is a new uh, terrorism advisory that has come out from the Department of Homeland Security. And I will tell you, it is, to me, bone chilling. But hey, I don't want to be part of a misinformation or disinformation campaign. I think the government has our best interest. Ronald Reagan was wrong when he said government isn't the solution. Government is the problem. That was very dangerous rhetoric, uh, anti-government rhetoric, quite honestly. When George Washington said, when the government fears the people, there is liberty. When the people fear the government, not so much, not so much. He said something like that. Anyway, here is the original Department of Homeland Security um, bulletin that we were all shocked and horrified by. January 27th, 2021, a year ago, it stated, and I quote, the acting secretary of Homeland Security has issued a national terrorism advisory system bulletin due to a heightened threat environment across the United States, which DHS believes will persist in the weeks following the successful presidential inauguration. Information suggests that some ideologically motivated violent extremists with objections to the exercise of governmental authority and the presidential transition as well as other perceived grievances fueled by false narratives, could continue to mobilize or incite or commit violence. Okay. All right. All right. I remember going, wait a minute. They think that anybody who believes that the election was not exactly on the up and up is going to commit violence? Huh. Okay. I guess we're all terrorists. Nah, no, that is 
so old-timey of you to think. Here's the new one that, remember, is just a renewal of the one I just read to you. Yesterday, the Department of Homeland Security renewed the terrorist threat, and it says, The United States remains in a heightened threat environment, fueled by several factors, including an online environment filled with false or misleading narratives and conspiracy theories and other forms of mis-, dis-, and malinformation. By the way, there's a hyperlink that takes you to another page where the Department of Homeland Security is going to help you fight misdisinformation. They've got a site where you can say, you know, this is, oh, no, no, that's a conspiracy. It's great. Um, uh, let's see. It is uh, introduced and or amplified by foreign and domestic threat actors. These threat actors seek to exacerbate societal friction to sow discord and undermine public trust in government institutions, to encourage unrest, which could potentially inspire acts of violence. Now, that is weird because I would agree if we were talking about, oh, I don't know, Antifa, if we were talking about people who were burning the streets down. But we're not really talking about those people. In fact, we're not really even talking about the people who might be encouraged to uh, go for violence. No, what we're really talking about are the actors that are using mis, dis, and malinformation online that seek to exacerbate societal friction to sow discord and undermine public trust in government institutions. Wow, uh, that sounds like the Democratic Party. Who's been undermining this institution and all institutions of our government besides the people who are running it? Mass casualty attacks and other acts of targeted violence conducted by lone offenders and small groups acting in furtherance of ideological beliefs and personal grievances pose an ongoing threat to the nation. While the conditions underlying the heightened threat landscape have not significantly changed over the last year, the convergence of following factors has increased the volatility, unpredictability, and complexity of the threat environment. One, the proliferation of false or misleading narratives which sow discord or undermine public trust in U.S. government institutions. Two, continued calls for violence directed at U.S. critical infrastructure, soft targets, mass gatherings, faith-based institutions such as churches, synagogues, and mosques, institutions of higher education, radical and religious minorities, uh, government facilities and personnel, including law enforcement and the military and the media and perceived ideological opponents and calls by terrorist organizations, foreign terrorist organizations for attacks in the United States based on recent events. OK. All right. OK. Now, listen, they have some additional details here that they would like the primary 
terrorism-related threat to the United States continues to stem from lone offenders or small cells of individuals who are motivated by a range of foreign and or domestic uh, grievances, often cultivated through the consumption of certain online content. There's no hyperlink to that. I, I don't know what that certain content is, um, but it is contributing to the heightened threat of violence in the United States. Key factors. Number one, the proliferation of false or misleading narratives which so discord or undermine public trust in U.S. government institutions. For example, there is widespread online proliferation of false or misleading narratives regarding unsubstantiated widespread election fraud and COVID-19. Grievances associated with these themes inspire violent extremist attacks. Okay, all right, okay. Joe Rogan, I hope you're listening. Ben Shapiro, I hope you read that. I know the Blaze did. Uh, I'd like to know, are we one of those websites? Because it goes on to say that they are working with public-private partnerships uh, that can analyze the online content uh, and social media to be able to identify these actors that are spreading false narratives well i know that our mainstream media and uh, uh also the social media giants have already made the blaze a target of misinformation you read some of our stuff all of which we have won when we go to fight it we win every single time but that hasn't stopped them from claiming that we are uh, purveyors of mis or disinformation. Now, I want to show you that in, what was it, a month ago, the New York Times, uh, along with other think tanks, said it's time to take down these uh, podcasts because these podcasts are out of control. Remember, Brian Stelter just said the other day, these are people that just don't want to listen to newsrooms. I'll listen to newsrooms. If you have both sides, if you can be an on it, you know, the, the latest. Let me play this cut for you. Um, let's see here. It is CNN. Here it is on masks. Cut three. Do you agree with the move? I do. There was a and is a time and place for pandemic restrictions. But when they were put in, it was always with the understanding that they would be removed as soon as we can. And in this case, circumstances have changed. Case counts are declining. Also, the science has changed. We know that vaccines mm. protect very well. Stop just a second. Stop just a second. The science has changed on masks. Can you show me a single a single uh, peer-reviewed paper that show that anything other than N95 masks really stopped it. Really stopped The science hasn't changed. My understanding is the science never changes. Never right? changes. My, yeah. Our understanding of the science might change. Right. We may have been wrong before yeah. and are right now. Right. But the science doesn't change. That's what's so great well, about science. It's a constant. Yeah. No, no, no. You just said two things, mm. and you're talking about two different things. Okay. You just said science never changes. Mm -hmm. 
But then you also said the science. Mm-hmm. See, it's different mm-hmm. when they say follow the science. That's different than follow science. Mm. Science is is great. It's new discoveries. It is challenging what is known. It's never falling on your sword and saying, yeah, you know what? Einstein was absolutely correct. We don't know. We don't know. So while we don't know, we're going to say that's the best theory. Quantum mechanics. That's the best theory. It seems like crazy talk, but that's the best one out there. We don't know. We're going to continue to look. This is our best understanding. That's science. The science is you will do what we say because we know all. There's a huge difference there. And that's why the pushback is coming. Because common sense has to kick in at some point. And it doesn't seem to be kicking in with people. Because they are science. When you argue against me, you are arguing against science. No, I'm not. No, I'm arguing against the science. The science that you claim you are. No, mm -mm, you're not. So the New York Times and other uh, left-wing groups said that they were going to start targeting podcasts. Hello, Joe Rogan. Hello, uh, Ben Shapiro. Hello, me. Anybody, Mark Levin, they're going to target. That was the that was the announcement last month. And the New York Times said that we were responsible, partly responsible, encouraging people the, for violence on January 6th. Couldn't be further from the truth. We even told them and gave them the tape. They wouldn't retract it because they're the science. Facts don't matter. Okay. This was just published yesterday by Esquire, who knew it was still around. It's worth paying closest attention now to the events in Ottawa, the capital of Canada. The city and its residents continued to be besieged by an unruly conglomeration of truckers. The situation is so critical and so unmanageable that Jim Watson, the mayor of Ottawa, declared a state of emergency. The reason why we should pay closest attention now is because the usual flock of buzzards already seems to be circling in anticipation down here. Since late January, the likes of Glenn Beck and Mike Huckabee, damn, they're on to us. (laughs) The likes of Glenn Beck and Mike Huckabee have used their Large online followings to spread the word about the truckers convoy, garnering tens of thousands of engagements, including likes and shares and comments on social media posts in favor of the protest based on data from CrowdTangle, a social media analytics firm owned by Meta, Facebook's parent company. Oh, my gosh. So uh, something that I got a lot of heat for because I wasn't constantly talking about the truckers 
People online are like, why aren't you talking about the truckers all the time? Because, uh, I, I mean, I don't know that much about it. I had the guy on. He seemed like a good guy. I liked his what he was saying. This should be peaceful. I don't necessarily like their blocking, you know, commerce. But, you know, they're Canadians. They can do what they want to do. I always believe that uh, civil unrest should be just that. It should be civil. It should be kind. It should be Martin Luther King kind of protest. And I'm I'm a little torn on this one, on how they're doing it. But I haven't seen anything that they're violent. In fact, the violence that was reported, you know, the person that came in and rammed their car. Guess who that was? An Antifa member. The one who was actually doing violence up there was Antifa. I guess we don't care about Antifa. But I'm the reason why I've been promoting this. That sounds like mis, dis, or malinformation. Just a warning shot. I'm telling you now, burn important information to disk. If you find these shows as something that you think, I might want to go back and listen, burn it to disk. They are like a drowning man. And they are pushing anyone underwater. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. And we really want to thank you for listening. All right. There's something really exciting happening with the, uh, the Capitol police that I think you're just, you're just going to love. There's a couple of things uh, that are going on. Uh, one of them is an in, uh, inspector general investigation because it looks like maybe the Capitol Police are a little out of control. Who would have seen this coming? Uh, they do not have uh, to answer any FOIA. You, no citizen can ask them for documents. Uh, only the leadership in the house can really get the documents from the, uh, the Capitol police and the inspector general. There is a uh, congressman uh, that uh, it, what, what happened to him is kind of one of the real big reasons why the inspector general is getting involved. Uh, his name is uh, Congressman Troy nails. I like to call him T money, but uh, he is with us now. Uh, congressman nails. How are you? Good morning, Glenn. It's good to be with you, sir. Good to be, good with, to be you. with you. Um, can, can you tell me the Capitol Police appear to be spying on Republicans and tell your story of what happened to you? Absolutely. Appear to be spying? No, we have the evidence that they're not just spying. They're gathering evidence and intelligence from members' offices and then having the intelligence section of the Capitol Police investigate those members, and I am one of those. It was a weekend. Uh, there was a Saturday afternoon, and the U.S. Capitol Police are claiming that one of my office doors uh, were it was wide open. Uh, an agent or an, an officer went inside to check that no one should be there that wasn't authorized to be there. I, I agree with that. I said, mm -hmm. yeah, you don't want to make sure. And then... Uh, 
while he was doing that, he noticed some, what he determined was suspicious writing on my board, oh my whiteboard. Mm-hmm. And that it was my legislative priorities, Glenn. I mean, they're, they're going in there and spying now on what some of my legislation that I may be introducing. And they shared it. They shared it with the intelligence division of the Capitol Police, who then sent it to hire. And then I have three secret squirrels or deep, deep state, I'll say, undercover agents from the Capitol Police questioning my staff as to the content on that board. Well, the content was pretty frightening. Congressman, you had two things written on that board. First of all, let's start with body armor. What's frightening about that is the fact that we in America are buying body armor from China. What the hell are we doing? So I have drafted legislation to say we should not be buying body armor for our law enforcement agencies in this country from China. And that's what the the reason body armor was written on that whiteboard is because we are drafting legislation that says we should not be buying body armor from China. And that's what it was. Uh-huh. And so they claim that that was suspicious or threatening. Threatening? It's a threat to America to be buying body armor from China. There ain't no question about that. The next thing that I'd like to hear your explanation on is the map to what appears to be the closest exit uh, or entrance for madmen to come in and do nefarious things. Yeah, up here in Washington, D.C., there are three separate buildings where members of Congress have their offices. And I'm in the middle building. It's the Longworth building. A build, big building next to me is the Rayburn building. So we had a handwritten map of the Rayburn building drawn on that board with an X on it. And the Capitol Police, these secret squirrels, I'll say the Gestapo, came and asked my employee, my staffer, why is that map with that X? What does that mean? And my staffer told him the truth. We were showing an intern on where the damn ice machine was because the ice machine in our building was broke. <laughs> that's the purpose of that drawing. Okay. Now that sounds suspicious and threatening, doesn't it? I have had several congressmen and senators tell me that the FBI uh, has been spying on them. The Capitol Police is turning into a Gestapo organization. Uh, I had a congressman tell me last week that the FBI is the KGB. What do we know about the uh, inspector general and if he is somebody that is actually going to look into this stuff? Well, I'm going to say this as it relates to Michael Bolton, not the singer. Michael Bolton is the inspector general uh, over the Capitol Police, and he was in my office last Friday. And we spoke. He's an old Secret Service agent. He's been around a while. He's got a little gray hair around the temples. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that he's an independent. He's independent, and he's going to conduct a thorough investigation, which he agreed to do so. And I said I would appreciate it if it was standalone and independent of any other investigation, he agreed that with that as well. So I'm going to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt that he will look into this. He did one hell of a job, Glenn, as it relates to January 6th and the numerous failures. And he identified numerous deficiencies with the leadership in the intelligence section of the Capitol Police. 
the January 6th, Glenn, the American people need to understand, January 6th should have never happened. They had all the intelligence. It was glaring them in the face. The leadership in the intelligence section, they had it. They just didn't share it. They kept it in their pocket. And who do, what do we see to that, you know, January 6th? It should have been, it could have been a, a prevented and avoided if they would have shared the intelligence that we had. What's scary about the Capitol Police is a, a couple of things. One, they don't answer to anybody but the House leadership. So, you know, if a bad Democrat or a bad Republican is running it, they can use it for whatever they want. And there is no FOIA uh, that can get in and see anything that they're doing. They also uh, are being uh, loaded up with money while they're cutting the funding for police everywhere in this country. The Capitol Police is getting more funding and they've made them into an intelligence uh, operation um, and they're building now offices in Florida and in California. And I think now there's a third one. And they say there are there are more of these uh, Capitol Police headquarters to look into threats against the congressman. Isn't that the FBI's job? You would certainly think so. And, and these three agents, these special agents that knocked on my door, my employee described them. They look like construction workers. So you're ex- exactly right. This is Nancy Pelosi trying to create her own intelligence agency within the Capitol Police to attack those. Go after the individuals that have a dissenting point of view on January 6th. And Leader McCarthy asked me to be one of the picks to be on the select committee. And I've been a very, very vocal critic of the leadership in the Capitol Police, specifically the intelligence section, about January 6th. I've been very, very vocal uh, and a critic about the death of Ashley Babbitt and Lieutenant Byrd, that investigation not even going to a grand jury. That should have gone to the grand jury at a minimum, but it wasn't. So no, I, I feel certain Benny Thompson and, and Speaker Pelosi and others, they want me to go away. They want to silence me. They want to destroy me, questioning my character. And that is their ultimate goal. They, look at the, Go back to the FBI under Obama. They, the Russia collusion with Trump. They had the invest, FBI investigate them. They did it to our dear friend Tucker Carlson with the NSA, looking at his emails and his text messages, because he's another America first. Yeah. And so this is what the left does. They try to destroy people that do not agree with them and have a dissenting opinion. Congressman, please stay in touch with us. I appreciate you standing up and uh, and shouting from the rooftops. Um, I think the only thing that is going to stop this is a Republican sweep. But if the Republicans are like the Republicans last time, uh, then nothing's going to change. We need Republicans who will shut this corruption down and take anybody who has been involved in any kind of corruption, criminal corruption, and put their ass in jail. Without question, Glenn, and I can assure you this and your listeners, they're toying with the wrong sheriff. <laughs> Good. Glad to hear it. Thank you very much. That's uh, Representative Troy Nails. He is from the great state of Texas on the Capitol Police and what they are becoming. The best of the Glenn Beck program.
All right, we have uh, Chip Roy coming up in uh, just a second. I have to tell you, Stu, I got an email in, and I, I mean, I'm taking this at face value. I got an email in yesterday. Glenn, thanks for mentioning our Morton Salt during your Sodom and Gomorrah explanation. <laughs> no reply necessary. Rick Morton. <laughs> I mean, do the Morton really? people still own Morton Salt or still have interest in it? Or just, I mean, is this just a guy who's like, yeah, that's my family that started it. I'm, you know, on a yacht someplace with all the salt money because uh, we sold it. I'm not working there anymore. Who would work in the salt mines? That's kind of cool, isn't it? That is really cool. It's like when... Uh, um, not a lot of people like their product associated with Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, I know. I know. It's, it's, I know. It, I, mean. I know. Uh, you know, it's it's what's uh, funny is it reminds me when Kathy Walgreen came in. Do you remember this? Yeah. Kathy Walgreen came in and uh, and I'm just talking to her and I just know her as Kathy and somebody introduces themselves and I'm there and uh, she said, hi, I'm Kathy Walgreen. And I said, as a smart ass, oh, I love your drugstore. And she said, thank you. And I was like, oh, my, you really are that, Kathy Walgreen. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, we have uh, uh, Chip Roy on. Hello, Chip. Glenn, how are you, my friend? Well, I'm pretty good. Um, better now that I'm talking to you. Tell me what happened yesterday, because you were saying, look, this should be a litmus test for all those that love freedom. Don't pass the spending bill unless... It doesn't include any of the mandates. No, that's right. And, you know, the good news is that 161, I think, of my colleagues uh, or 160 of my colleagues and I agreed. And, uh, okay. you know, we didn't support the continuing resolution. The bad news Oof. is that 51 did. Okay. I so, thought it was reversed. So I, I'm coming into this as a victory. I'm like, oh, <laughs> only 51. I thought yeah, only 51 yeah, no. stood. Okay. So, yeah. So 161 Republicans opposed it. However, 51 Republicans voted to continue to fund the government, which is going to fund enforcement of these vaccine mandates in our military, against our healthcare workers, against our border patrol agents, against our law enforcement personnel. And it's wrong. And look, I hope the Senate will take up the fight, but I'm not going to hold my breath. No, it's look, Mitch McConnell. The, the problem you have in Washington is that the leadership in Washington is, quote, more concerned or is more concerned about, quote, taking back the Senate, taking back the House. And they think they can just play this game through the year of letting Democrats hang themselves. But my friend Steve Dace, who you know well, wrote this morning in a tweet thread that Democrats are about to take the Omicron off ramp. And they're going to start to be able to kind of move on and say, look, we did it. Yes. And we're never going <laughs> to hold these tyrants accountable for, sh for shutting down our, our entire way of life and forcing jabs into the arms of the American people and then firing our troops and firing our doctors. So we ought to stand strong and Republicans can't just assume we're going to get power in November when we don't fight. We ought to be fighting for the people. They are about to. T I'm telling you, it's coming. We were just having that same conversation on the air about an hour ago. They're about, and it's going to be agonizing. They're about to take a victory lap, and they're never going to say that this was the inevitable outcome of a virus. You know, this is repeating the pattern of the flu virus of 1918, um, and it really had nothing to do with anything that man did. Uh, it, this is the way the virus plays out. But they are going to take credit for all of this, and they're only bending now. Because they see the people are standing up. How do the Republicans not see the people standing up? 
look, right now there is more fight in five of those Canadian truckers yep. than there is in the whole of the Republican conference, okay? And that's the reality. And, and Republicans have got to understand that we can talk about a task forces and a contract with America and about what we're going to do. But look, those are words. And we don't need more words. We need Republicans who will demonstrate a resolve, a commitment to stand up for the people that sent them here to fight for them. That That's why Trump was successful. That's why people rallied around Trump, because he was talking about America first. He was talking about real Americans. And he came up here and he said he was going to challenge the status quo. And too many of my colleagues are running around the cloakroom right now wearing their khakis and their vests and they're ready to get on their airplane so they can go make their hunting trip or they can go make their, you know, fundraiser golf getaway or whatever. Instead of saying we should be here right now in Washington, right now, denying the funding of these mandates, because somewhere in America today, a doctor is going to lose his or her job. A nurse is going to lose his or her job. A Marine. Uh, any one of our men and women in uniform is going to lose his or her job because they don't want to succumb to tyranny. And that government, if the Republican Party can't stand up for liberty against the tyranny of government to force a needle in your arm against your will, when there's literally zero science for it, even if that should matter in the calculus, I don't even know why the Republican Party exists. And so we should be standing up and fighting. So you want to name some names? Well, look, I mean, there's so many of the 51. I mean, I'm happy to go, go through the list. But was I, there, any, was there anybody that was campaigning the other direction? You know, that's a good question, and we should go look at that. I promise you, I promise you that of the 51 Republicans who voted for it, uh, including five Texans, by the way, uh, you would look at that list and you would go out and see speeches talking about how they oppose the mandates, about how they think the mandates are wrong. But you'll go look and say, well, you just voted to fund it. And you know what they hide behind, Glenn? They hide behind, well, this is a three-week continuing resolution. We'll push this to March 11th. This is a short-term funding. We've got to make sure our men and women in uniform have all the funding they need. And we've got to keep funding Border Patrol. And we've got to keep the government on. We don't want to have a shutdown. If we have a shutdown, the American people can hold it against us, and we're going to lose in November. Look, that's, that is absolute uh, nonsense that is spewed by consultants and uh, pollsters in this town, rather than just standing up and saying it is Democrats who would seek to shut down the government rather than allowing individuals to carry out their own conscience and not be fired because they choose not to get vaccinated. But it we is but it is Democrats. a three week time period. I mean, it's three weeks. And I and I yeah. understand I'm with you, Chip, um, but uh, it is three weeks. Why can't this happen again? You can Right. Well, so that's why we're talking. Right. So all your listeners out there go, OK, well, we didn't stop it so far in the House. I like the Senate saw us to vote on it. So I hope that the Senate Republicans can find their balls, but they won't. And so when they go ahead and fund this over the next three weeks, then we should have this fight by March 11th. Now, look, we're already winning. Democrats. Steve is right. They are taking the Omicron off ramp. They are going to back away from most of these mandates. But right now, today, I got emails yesterday from MD Anderson, the very hospital that helped save my life a decade ago, where you've got doctors and nurses who are facing being fired because they don't believe taking a vaccine is in their interest. They believe they have natural immunity and they don't think they should take it. And so we've got people being fired today. So Republicans, all you people listening, let your congressman or your senator know you expect them to get it right this time if it's still to vote in the Senate or by March 11th 
when this uh, uh, CR expires, we should shut. We should uh, uh, not fund the enforcement of these mandates if they still exist. Uh, I will be calling because uh, I've seen the list, and I will be calling a couple of people that are friends of mine that didn't vote uh, with you and asking why, and yep. get off the get off the fence here and vote for the next time around. Um, well, and the other the other thing I did, Glenn, yesterday was introduce legislation to say that all of our men and women in uniform who have been uh, discharged, they should, one, uh, not be forced to get the, the, the vaccine, two, should be allowed to come back and serve and get their job back, and three, get uh, continued time of service towards retirement and towards their you know career advancement for the time since they've been locked out, whether that was 30 days ago or, or two years ago. Um, and so I introduced legislation yesterday to do that. Well, thank you for that. I, I, uh, is that going to go through, or is that tied to this? Well, who knows? I introduced the bill yesterday in order to try to push the issue. I would like to sort of advance that concept in any of the future funding yeah. fights to say, guys, let's include provisions in there to make sure that, you know, we've got people, they've literally lost their career after 15, 20, 25, 30 years of service, and, um, and we shouldn't be uh, forcing them to have to deal with that. So there is uh, the New York Post is reporting today that uh, they found a little something in the covid relief bill that the Democrats rammed through last March. Do you remember when they were talking about we got to catch these people who are stealing money and not reporting it to the IRS and they were going to put in the first I think it was what was it a thousand dollars or five thousand dollars and then it became ten thousand dollars over a year and they could spy on your bank accounts. Right. Well, they there's a new IRS rule uh, that is was in the covid relief bill and nobody caught it requires users of PayPal, Venmo and other third party payment services to report all transactions over six hundred dollars a year to the IRS. So they've got you if you're using digital now and not using the bank to pay for things. They now have access to everything that you do. Well, this is this is where they're headed. Okay, and and we need to remember this. And and everybody that's listening, understand, we are at war with a corporate crony class that wants to take away your freedom and wants to run your life and tell you what to do. It extends to what you just talked about in terms of the force of government coordinating with the force of corporate America to come after you. But it's also what we're seeing with big tech and shutting down free speech. It's also to deal with health care and big pharma and big insurance. They are rolling in money, Glenn. Pfizer mm-hmm. is rolling in money. Insurance companies. Did you know, like Humana, I think, if, I, if I'm getting my stat right, gets 89% of their revenue from federal government contracts. Or I, I'm sorry, from government contracts across all levels of government. Think about that. Your insurance companies, the vast majority of our big insurance companies, they make the majority of their income from government. We have a corporate crony system. We have insurance-run health care. We have big tech, big education, right? We have all of this collusion with all of these big entities, and they are taking every step they can right now to shut you down. you got big institutional investors with their ESG requirements and all of their you know, woke ideology that they're trying to tie to every dollar that gets spent. All of the banks are going to come in and use the banking power to shut down our ability to transact or work with folks. You saw it go, GoFundMe. Now, thankfully, there was a backlash, so GoFundMe said, okay, 
we're going to take those dollars and at least return it to people. But that's still wrong. People wanted to give money to those truckers. And GoFundMe came in and said, no, no, no. At first, we're going to steal it and give it to other charities. Then they realized, oh, that might be a problem. So now they're giving it back to the, the original donors. But that's what they're going to do. And the, and, the, and the authoritarians, the tyrants, want to use corporate America. And they've got willing, complicit uh, you know, friends in the boardrooms who are all too happy to use the power of corporate America to clamp down on our freedom in the name of their woke ideology. It's amazing. And the people who are all okay with it used to be the people that say fear corporate America. And now they're all on board with corporate America. It's weird. Uh, Chip Roy, the uh, Republican from the great state of Texas, Congressman Chip Roy, thank you very much for being on the program today. Thanks, Glenn. Keep up the fight. Thanks. Everybody go out and read Glenn's book. It's right on point. God bless. Thank you.